Welcome 2024. It's that time of year again, when many of us make commitments to become better versions of ourselves. As motivated as we may be during the first week of January, we often lose momentum on New Year's resolutions as the month and year goes on. If you'd like to change this all-too-familiar pattern this year, then I invite you to grab your free copy of the Ground to Set Them, Motivate to Get Them workbook. This workbook walks you through strategies informed by psychology for positioning yourself for success with your New Year's resolutions or personal goals any time of the year. This workbook is designed to help you set clear and attainable goals. Plus, you'll find loads of tips for how to make progress on your resolutions and any other goals all year long. Throughout the workbook, you'll also be invited to reflect on your resolutions with introspective questions. If you'd like to grab your free copy of the Ground to Set Them, Motivate to Get Them workbook, then just head on over to psychhope.com slash 2024, all numerals. Again, grab your free psychologist-designed New Year's resolutions workbook at psychhope.com slash 2024, or just click the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Psychope Self-Help Podcast, a space for women where psychology illuminates paths to healing hope and personal growth. I'm Dr. Jennifer McManus, a clinical psychologist, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll explore a different way to use psychology to enhance emotional wellness. Hope you enjoy the show. Happy New Year! It's episode 37, the first episode of 2024. So here we are, another year with a white blank page in front of us. For many people, setting New Year's resolutions can be a meaningful tradition this time of year. I always like to give this friendly reminder, though, there's nothing that says we must set New Year's resolutions. If you're someone who enjoys making commitments to becoming a better version of yourself in sync with the Gregorian calendar, then this episode, which is all about taking a compassionate approach to New Year's resolutions, might be just what you need to hear this time of year. Before diving in to today's hopefully helpful episode, I want to share a few related resources with you. First, you may have heard an announcement before the episode started about a new workbook I made called Ground to Set Them, Motivate to Get Them. This workbook includes strategies informed by psychology for positioning yourself for success with your New Year's resolutions or personal goals any time of the year. This new resource I made for 2024 helps you set clear and attainable goals, plus offers loads of tips for how to make progress on your resolutions and any other goals all year long. Throughout the workbook, you'll also be invited to reflect on your resolutions with introspective questions. If you'd like to grab your free copy of the Ground to Set Them, Motivate to Get Them workbook, then just head on over to psychhope.com slash 2024, that's all numerals, just the numbers 2024, 
or just click the link in the show notes. Now, this workbook actually includes a lot of information discussed in two earlier episodes from the Psychope Self-Help Podcast that were published around this time last year. Even though we're ringing in a different new year, the tips and information included in those episodes are still totally relevant. So I invite you to check out episode 16, which was titled New Year's Resolution Wins, to get them, start with how you set them, and episode 17 with the title, 14 Psychology Tips to Help You Reach Your New Year's Resolutions. That's right, 14 tips. Some podcasters like to go with their top tip or their top three, five, or maybe top 10 tips, but hey, I delivered with 14 tips for you. I think the Ground to Set Them, Motivate to Get Them workbook, the two foundational episodes from last year, and today's episode are a lovely collection of resources to support you with those commitments to becoming better versions of ourselves that resonate with so many of us this time of year. So building on the foundation started with last year's New Year's resolutions episodes, I want to encourage taking a compassionate approach as you set and work towards your New Year's resolutions this year. And let me tell you why. All too often, New Year's resolutions can turn into this laundry list of everything we perceive being wrong with us. Maybe we make a resolution to lose weight, a common one, not for better health, but because we think our appearance is unattractive because of our weight. And friendly reminder here, we can be healthy and beautiful at every size. Continuing that laundry list of perceived flaws, maybe we make a resolution of getting our space neat and more organized, not because we'd like to improve functionality or efficiency, but because we think we're lazy slobs. If this sounds familiar, please know you're not alone. So many of us start the new year with goals that can have harsh and self critical beliefs about oneself just under the surface. Perhaps these are false messages we've heard from others and have now internalized them. We can be vulnerable to this pattern anytime during the year when setting personal goals that require some sort of behavior change. We often put too much emphasis on what we think is wrong with us as opposed to focusing on the positive changes we're aspiring to make. This dynamic shows up a lot in the self-help space too. This idea that there's something wrong with us that we have to fix. I want to remind you of the both and approach to self-help practices that I prefer and shared during the very first episode of the Psychope Self-Help Podcast. Remember, you are perfectly fine as you are and you want to grow. You can give yourself grace and compassion for perceived mistakes of the past and prefer to make more values-aligned choices in the future. So with all this in mind, let's go a bit deeper here with a compassionate approach to New Year's resolutions. Let's start with a definition of compassion. To do that, I'll reference Dr. Paul Gilbert, founder of Compassion Focused Therapy, who described compassion as a sensitivity to suffering in self and others with a commitment to try to alleviate and prevent it. 
When it comes to New Year's resolutions, we're going to focus on the self part of that definition as opposed to suffering in others. I also want to point out that suffering can be conceptualized as occurring along a continuum with mild displeasure on the lower end, moving all the way up to extreme agony or misery at the higher end, with varying levels of intensity of suffering in between. I will give a caution here that at the higher end of human suffering, we may need professional support beyond our self-help efforts like New Year's resolutions to help lower our level of distress. So for our compassionate approach to New Year's resolutions, let's say we're trying to alleviate or prevent some level of suffering on the lower to middle range of that continuum. Let's go back to that example from earlier of making a New Year's resolution to have a more organized space at home. And I'm being so intentional here to give examples other than weight loss, since that's so common this time of year with resolutions. So perhaps there's been some mild level of displeasure associated with not being able to quickly find your car keys when it's time to be walking out the door. Another important facet of compassionate interventions that we can apply to New Year's resolutions is the importance of explaining why something has been hard for us. This part of showing ourselves compassion often gets confused as making excuses and not holding oneself accountable. It's really quite the opposite, though. It's about finding the explanations for what led to certain behaviors so we can change them moving forward. Sticking with that more organized space resolution, perhaps your home gets really messy during the work week when you're doing doubles at a hospital and can barely keep your eyes open when you get home. You have just enough time to eat and sleep, shower, and then you have to wake up and do it all over again. Let's look at this a little more closely now through the lens of compassion. Remember how the harsh and judgmental self-talk about the disorganized home was that of being a lazy slob? When we put it in context of a medical professional working doubles at a hospital, where they were lucky to get a bathroom break, when they're borderline sleep-deprived and hangry when they get home, not to mention any lingering emotional impact of the human suffering they saw during their back-to-back shifts, I don't know about you, but... Lazy slob are not the words I would choose to describe this person who has dedicated their lives to providing care to others. So now that we have some explanations of what makes it so hard for this person to stay organized and find their car keys, there are a couple ways we can weave in compassion. First, instead of beating ourselves up mentally with unkind and unhelpful terms like lazy slob, we can speak to ourselves in a gentler way, like this. No wonder I keep having trouble remembering where the keys are. I could hardly think straight last night. Hear the difference? I'll be bold here and say that if you're really wanting to get as much impact out of self-compassion as possible, try referring to yourself with some terms of endearment while you're at it too. For example, no wonder you couldn't find your keys, darling. Or, oh, sweetheart, You were so exhausted last night. Hear how tender that is. Compassion is all about giving ourselves the same care and concern we would give to a loved one. The explanations we identify 
also help us to discern what we could do differently next time. In this case, we've identified exhaustion and a lack of focus as some of the explanations for our cluttered space. Since we know we have a tendency to forget where we put things in this mental state when we get home from work, it can be helpful to make sure important things like car keys always have a home. Getting real practical here, we could try hanging a hook near the door for our keys, for instance. We might not always remember to hang our keys there, but at least we're setting ourselves up for success with some environmental modification. That's a fancy word for changing our surroundings for better organization. Just as judgmental and self-critical thoughts can show up when we're deciding on New Year's resolutions, they can also make an appearance as we're working on our resolutions or personal goals. We might get down on ourselves if we don't think we're making fast enough progress, or if we have a setback with the behavior changes we're trying to make. There's still a myth held by many in our society that we have to show ourselves tough love and be hard on ourselves to stay motivated for change. Psychological research, however, supports that we're more likely to make progress if we practice self-encouragement and celebrate our small wins along the way. This gives us another opportunity to take a compassionate both-and type of approach. Instead of beating yourself up mentally for a slip, Consider choosing compassionate self-talk that sounds something like this. Look at all you did right, honey. Look at all the progress you've made. Look at all these healthy changes you've been trying this year. Some stuck, some didn't, and that's okay. I'm going to keep trying. Compassionate self-talk can really be a game changer when it comes to staying the course. Instead of giving it all up because of one misstep, we can remind ourselves that we're doing the best we can, find the explanations that made us vulnerable to that slip up, and get back on track. As we start to wind down here, I just want to share that I really hope you took away some helpful insights from this compassionate approach to New Year's resolutions. Don't forget to grab your free workbook for New Year's resolutions or personal goals any time of the year from psychope.com slash 2024. Much peace till next time. The information shared on the Psychope self-help podcast is done so with the understanding that it does not constitute professional help, nor is it a substitute for professional help. If you think you might benefit from more than self-help, there are resources listed in the show notes.